What's new, listeners? I'm Arthur Howell, the host of Two Cents Critic. If you're in the mood for reviews of books, movies, and TV shows, then join in. Today, we'll be diving into the 2001 rock and roll sports adventure comedy movie, A Night Tale. And this is exciting. I've been wanting to cover this one for a while. And what's also exciting is that the hosts of the rom complex, Shelby Sweeterman and Sam Frontera, are also on the show today. Say hi, guys. Hi! Hi! <laughs> yes, and I'm really excited to have you guys. I want to thank you for coming on here. And I also want to say, so, so your show is a, a rom-com focus show. Yes, yes. Rom-com facts. Yes. And yeah, I, I'm really glad to have you guys on here. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Definitely happy to be here. Yes. And yeah, so let's, so let's get right into our thoughts and feelings on A Nice Tale. So Shelby, let's just start off with you. What, is your, what are your thoughts and feelings? Sure. I was really excited to watch this because I had never seen it all the way through before. Um, so this was, yeah, it was exciting for me and I had a fun time watching it actually. And I think the way you described it as a rock and roll sports fantasy comedy is, is just perfect because it has that, um, you know, uh, non, uh, contemporary, what is the word I'm looking for? And anachronistic. Exactly. That you read my mind. It has that anachronistic music going on to give it the feel of like a sports movie. And the whole time I was watching it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is just a sports movie about jousting. <laughs> it, it was a lot of fun to watch. I, I thought it was, it was pretty decently structured and I enjoyed seeing young, very young Alan Tudyk just kind of playing comic relief and uh Paul Bettany in there just kind of hamming it up as Jeffrey Chaucer I mm-hmm. it was it was fun yes I, yeah yeah it's funny I actually said like sports adventure comedy but I yeah. feel like fantasy I feel like yeah, fantasy I feel like that would actually be a good term to describe the movie as well like what what was the all the anachronistic element of it, of it? and now Sam what are your thoughts and feelings um I feel the same way I think I I actually used to love this movie when I was younger. I used to, I think it was a movie that was kind of in the core of a lot of my friendships. So we would watch it constantly. Um, So I even had those moments of just remembering lines or like remembering certain scenes that were great. And I've always loved this. Obviously I've always loved this movie. I think it's hilarious. I love uh, the use of like pop music to underscore what's actually happening. Um, and I think it's like, it's so funny, like the anachronisms are the, like the fact that it is so anachronistic is hilarious to me because it's like, it'll be very period for like a scene. And then immediately there's a line that's completely out of nowhere that just, it adds to the comedy. So uh, Heath Ledger, rest in peace. He will always be one of my like rom-com heroes. And <laughs> uh, it's really fun to just watch them all. Paul Bettany. Uh, hilarious <laughs> and yeah so and as for me i would say that this movie is it, it was also a childhood favorite of mine as well but i hadn't seen it in years so it was just really fun to get into it and watch it again and i found it i found it to be you know quite, quite charming and 
you know, like, like you've been saying, I feel like, you know, I'll just say the same things that you, same things that you said. It's like, you know, it's great to see the cast and, you know, he's Leisure, you know, IP. And so it's, it's very fun. And, you know, it's got some, it's got, you know, it's got a bit of a silliness to it. it I don't think it takes itself too seriously. And it's just a nice, you know, rock and roll ride all the way through. And it's just the cast, I mean, Paul Bethany and Alan Tudyk and, and also Mike, Mike Addy was in it before he ended up playing uh, Robert Baratheon in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's so, so funny because I was watching it and I was like, wait, is that <laughs> Robert Baratheon? Because everyone's so young. And the you, I, I remember um, the girl, the girl who plays the... Um, or the blacksmith who ends up working on oh yeah Laura Laura Fraser she plays Kate she plays Kate I recognized Mm -hmm. her from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul Mm, and I was like oh my gosh all of these people were just here in this movie the whole time I had no idea (laughs) yes and uh so I will say I I did I did feel like maybe the, 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 the romance between uh Will and and Jocelyn, maybe that didn't have as much chemistry between them as I would have liked to have seen. That was just my personal opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that it's hard to fit a romance story in there that has that chemistry when the only knowledge they have of each other is that they're like, good looking you know like they didn't they didn't really get to know each other at all we can't really get too invested in that but it's meant to be more lighthearted, I guess so you know yeah and even that part that scene in the church is very fun when um he's still on the horse following her the very first time they see each other and she's like oh would you would you be saying this if I was ugly and he's like no I mean yes (laughs) you know it just kind of shows again like you said that lighthearted. um it's not meant to be this deep eternal like Romeo and Juliet type love it's just like we're both attractive and we are having fun <laughs> yeah let's just go let's just let's just go on, on a stroll to the park you exactly. know exactly along the way exactly <laughs> and yeah and, and also I want to know if this was written directed and produced by uh Brian by Brian Hogland which is always an interesting thing when it's like, oh, like the same person was doing the writing, directing, and producing. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't done that much, I think, after this, aside from like a movie called Legends. I think it's like a, I think a spy movie or something like that. But otherwise, Brian Helgeland hasn't really done much after this. He did it all in A Knight's Tale. He yeah, was he like, was like, I'm done. I'm done. I did it. I made a, I wrote and directed and produced a movie. I'm good. Yeah. I'm done. Oh wait, okay, wait. So he did direct a movie called The Order, and that oh that, that actually had it, it actually had a uh, Shannon Sossaman, she played Jocelyn, and he's Ledger reunite as a romantic couple. That's funny. Oh, That's I guess he liked it. He liked them together. Yeah, interesting. I I do wonder what I wonder what that was what that was like because I haven't seen that. So I'm like, oh wait, do they maybe have more chemistry in that? I wonder. Or they they were just used to each other, so yeah, <laughs> maybe they were more comfortable the second time around. <laughs> maybe, and yeah, so yeah, so those are thoughts and feelings in the movie. Oh, I I would say I just want to say this grossed uh one hundred seventeen point five million dollars against a budget of sixty five million, which is like that's pretty good back in two thousand yeah two thousand one when it came out. Yeah, 
Good for them. I'm not uh, mad about it. Like, I think this is, it's like an enjoyable movie. It, mm-hmm. Everything is very, is laid out so clearly. So it's very easy to watch. It's, I feel like nowadays when people make more uh, popular movies like this, they want them to be a little more complicated, but this movie is just like, oh yeah, this is, this yeah. is the plot. They say they say exactly what they're doing, and then they do it. Yes, it does have an, an odd simplicity to it. Yes. Yeah. I will say, though, my one criticism, the one thing I didn't like about this movie is the fact that it was two hours and plus change. I've got to say long. that. Yeah. Too long. Time, especially for, like, I feel like for more of a, like a sports comedy of this fair, I feel like it should be trimmed down to maybe at least an oh, hour yeah. and 40 minutes. Yeah, I'll give it an hour 40. I mean, Shelby and I agree that 90 minute movies are the sweet spot of of all cinema. But yeah, uh, two hours. And I think it's like two hours and 12 minutes is the runtime. And I was like, that is Stuff way like too that, long. Yeah, yeah I, know. I, 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 I know. I thought of this actually. I just watched I Want You Back on Amazon Prime. And mm. I and that is actually two hours. And I overall enjoyed the movie. But one of the, my main criticisms of the movie is that to run time it doesn't a rom-com doesn't have to be two hours you no. need to cut like 20 minutes away no. from that. if it's two hours long you're doing too much that's just you need yeah. to streamline it exactly mm-hmm. take some stuff out you don't need it all yeah and all right so now let's get into our wind-up scores uh that's so again from zero to 100 for the movie uh sam let's start off with you what's your wind-up score ah okay i would say Based solely on the fact that it's too long, I want to give it, I'm going to give it a fairly high score. I'm going to give it like an 80, I want to say 88. I'm going to double the numbers. 88 out of 100, I think. I really do genuinely like this movie. Um, I think it's very fun. I think all the actors are very fun, uh, but it's just too long. (laughs) Okay. And as for you, Shelby, what is your wind-up score? Okay. I'm going to go a little lower than that. You can do that. It's fine. (laughs) I I want to give it, um, I'm going to put it at a 70. I think that is like a nice solid score. It's respectable. Mm -hmm. And, um, because I enjoyed it, I would gladly have this movie on in the background while I do something else in the future, but I probably wouldn't sit down and watch it all the way through again. Um, because it is long and it's, and it's so simple. It's like, I get it. Uh, I can remember what happened. So I, I don't think it has a lot of rewatchability in like focusing on it, but just having it, it's just like a pleasant movie to have on. That's why it was on TV so much. Like when I was younger, I know it was on TV all the time. So I think that's where I've seen snippets of it before, but yes, a 70. What about you, Arthur? As for me, I'm going to give it an 80 out of 100 i yeah but between the middle between you guys I, I, I again i very much enjoyed it and just i'm glad that I, i'm able to watch this and it still holds up pretty well for me and it is able to give me all of that childhood nostalgia and again just a really delightful ride and i guess i you know the main criticisms are like the runtime and i do wish that again uh, Heath Ledger and Shannon Sotsman were, were able to have more spikes between them. But other than that, I mean, yeah, this, this is, a, this is a, it's, a, it's a splendid movie. And I'm glad to be able to, to talk about it now with you guys on the show. 
yeah i'm glad we all agree i mean (laughs) we're all like around the same range if it had been too far apart i mean who knows what could have happened honestly the higher rating for me is based solely on nostalgia i will give i will give movies that are not good really high ratings even if you know just because i watched them as a kid so oh yeah definitely definitely and all right, so now let's get into let's get into a nice tale. And so, listeners, if you don't want spoilers, you can pause this episode right now. But if you have seen the movie or you don't care about spoilers, then you can keep on listening. And so now, so we get into the movie. So the over the hill former champion to actor has just died during the jousting match. And so now, and so basically, we get a will that is Steve Ledger's character, he's going to replace him. And then he's like, oh, wait, I can actually do this more often now because we, we can get more money. If I can win more tournaments, we can get more money. For, and, you know, split it between him and his friends. First thing I no- noticed is that they don't want the actor, really. Yeah. He's, he just dies. And they're just like, well, let's move on to the tournaments. Let's yeah. move on to Sir Ulrich's, <laughs> Ulrich's scam. There is no grief. There is no loss. It's just let's Which keep it, going. At first, it's like okay, but then you find out later that like Will has been with Sir Ector since he was a small child yeah. for like twelve years. He's been with this guy, and, and you can see, you know, later in the movie, you see this fondness that he that he would have for him. So the fact that you know you think back to the very beginning of the movie, you're like, wait a second, he just like. But I guess it is like medieval times. Maybe people were just like less sentimental. They were like, well, I've got to get food. So fuck this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You go, you go on. No, I, I think that, Sam, you're right. People just died a lot more back then. Yeah. <laughs> like you knew more people who were just, yeah. you know, the, the death rate was just so much higher in that area, especially with like knights going out and doing these dangerous things. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I was thinking, like, wait, I, because because the actor himself, I mean, he doesn't really seem like a jerk. I mean, maybe he's not as he's not that nice necessarily to Will when he's a kid, but right. he also it's not like it's not like he's not a right asshole. And I'm just like, well, you, you could grieve him a little bit. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's kind yeah, of they like, kind of just kick him. They, they have, uh, oh, oh my gosh, that's like Alan Tudyk. Uh, yeah, he just wa- goes wa- to wa- town. Juan plays like Alan Tudyk. He's yeah. like, I haven't eaten in three days. Wake <laughs> up, wake up. Yeah. And 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 then we all and then as the as they're doing this, we also meet uh Jeffrey Chaucer played by Paul Bethany, who just stretches into the movie and He's got his butt out. It was that I forgot about. That his butt is quite a <laughs> just bit, including naked. just like one shot where the butt is up in the upper right corner, right <laughs> close yeah. to the lens. He he gets a lot of the butt gets a lot of screen time, and it this. does. It does. Yes. And oh god, Paul Bethany. It is again just funny to see him in this. Before obviously he got all in the MCU and Vision, and what, mm-hmm. you know what is grief if not love persevering. Mm-hmm. And is he, he, I, he's just so charming in this. And uh, apparently he was shouting. So, he shouted so much that he had actually contracted laryngitis. Oh, oh my no. gosh. That's because the morning <laughs> was shouting. And, he, he, and it, apparently he was also drinking a, a, lot, a lot of Czech beer. Czechoslovakian <laughs> beer. And I guess that contributed to the laryngitis. 
Okay, oh. I'll keep that in mind. Don't drink Czech beer and unless, yell. <laughs> and yell unless I want to get laryngitis. Yes. I think one of my I think one of my favorite bits of his, and he was like when he's like, he's a harasser, a harasser. <laughs> he gave him hell as lava shell. It's so funny because yeah, they have these for the the guys doing the jousting. They have like their announcers. So Jeffrey yeah, Chaucer, like the, the yes. yeah, becomes this announcer for Will and just makes up all these stories about him. And then you can see throughout the movie, the other announcers start copying Jeffrey Chaucer's <laughs> style of uh, introducing yeah. it, and that's the part that really makes it sound like a sports movie because it sounds like like wrestling like yes. professional yeah. wrestling where they're yeah. announcing these these knights doing the jousting uh yes. it's it's very funny yeah i know i it was i think it was actually if i uh brian i think it was brian, brian hogeland who actually asked uh Bethany to do an impression of uh of Vince mcmahon from the wwe oh see oh i'm smart i picked up <laughs> on it i didn't even yeah. know and then we also meet uh, Jocelyn and Count Adamar and Kate. Count Adamar, it's funny, like, uh, just like Rufus Sewell in here playing another villain. Yeah. And it's also, <laughs> it's funny, like, the whole jousting thing, obviously, because at the end when he's, you know, cheating and he breaks the fists on his little lance, mm-hmm. he also cheats in The Legend of Zorro and a jousting match. He well, just has he's a, he's a villain che- he has that movie. cheating face. He, just he has, has a cheating face. He has the face of a cheater. He has the <laughs> face of a man who will hurt who will hurt you, who doesn't care about your feelings. Because he's also like the villain in The Holiday, right? Like that movie with oh, um, yeah. Kate Winslet. He's Kate Winslet's okay, unrequited really? love. Who, yeah. who like I, I, haven't keeps... se- I haven't seen that yet, so I don't know yeah. about that. Check it's... it out. Every time you see Rufus Sewell, every time I see him, I'm like, oh, that's the bad guy. <laughs> Has he ever not played a bad guy? Like, is there a movie I'm... anyone can think of in which he, not even that he was the good guy, but maybe that he was just like a neutral <laughs> Just a neutral guy. I don't know. I think he was in that Amazon series. So man who... There was an Amazon series about the, uh, what, what if the Nazis ruled the world or something like that. The man, man in the man high, high castle. Ta- yes. High castle. I, I think he's high in tower? that. High tower, high, ca- high, high s- castle. High something. High castle. I think you're right. High castle. High tower. <laughs> I think Whatever. he's in that. But I don't know what, who he plays. <laughs> I gotta guess. I think he's a bad guy because yeah. just he's got that face. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yes. What What do you also think about uh, Shannon Sossaman as as Jocelyn? I thought okay, yes, go. I thought I mean she's just gorgeous. Like her face Stunning. is just flawless. I'm amazed. Always has been. Um, and and I think that that carried into her performance. It was very. She very much gave us this you know, noble lady where everything she says is just very perfectly articulated. But at the same time, she has that kind of sense of humor underneath where she's sort of aware of her position and um, is just like, I'm just, I just want to have fun, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, it goes along, I, with, I the, goes along with the energetic charisma of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think she's, and I, I do love, I, I agree with what Shelby said earlier about like the lack or whoever said the lack of chemistry between the, the love interest. I do agree that that's true, but then there's also these moments of like, um, you know, later on in the film when uh, they find out that 
Heath Ledger is not in fact you know he shouldn't be competing and she's like come on like run I'll go with you it's like she doesn't care about the status she doesn't care about the way things are supposed to run she like loves this man and wants to run away with him um so you know moments like that I'm like oh she's doing so well it's just the chemistry wasn't there right I think individually they each did a great job bringing life to their respective characters but like together it just didn't it didn't mesh yeah and I'll I'll say that I I definitely agree with you too and it's funny because she was I think if I if I recall correctly she was she was 23 I think when this movie came out at least she was she was in her early 20s so this movie came mm-hmm. out, you know, early in her life. And I think she, she has talked about how this was a little too much pressure for her. And she has, she's been in and out of acting for, for, for a while now. But, you know, I, I can see that. Like, you know, again, like being in your early 20s and then suddenly being in, the, in a movie like this, you know, that's obviously a huge feat for anyone. I can't I can't imagine accomplishing anything in my early 20s. I look back <laughs> on that and I'm like, how did I get anything done? I my mind was just everywhere. I'm yeah. very happy for my age. <laughs> yes. As, as, every year older I get, the happier I am that I'm still growing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, I like her too. You know, just you know, she's walking around in all of her like her modern, modern again, anachronistic dresses. And the hair. She had a lot of uh, what I call like Miranda from Lizzie McGuire uh, hair with like the colored bits coming out in different directions. Yep. I was like, that's cool. Yes. <laughs> the crimping. She had like yeah, she pieces. did crimped hair. Yeah, and actually, a lot of the women had like pieces of brightly colored hair mm-hmm. like either woven into their hair or their hair was dyed um you know all these like greens and maroons and purples and it looked really cool I don't know if it's if that is accurate to the time period Probably and not. I don't care Probably <laughs> doesn't not. matter it doesn't matter and and and, and then, again even with the anachronism like they they put effort into that for example the what in the in the aerial shot of London later on in the movie you can see the, the London Eye, and that's actually a model they built. It cost them $500,000 to build this model of the London Eye oh and put gosh. that in a shot. So they put effort into being anachronistic. <laughs> so they, oh my gosh, $500,000 for build, one to, shot to build, in the movie. To build a model of the London yeah. Eye. Amazing. Yes. Interesting. And, and, and let's talk about the music. What are your thoughts on the music and the, the rock and roll style of it all? Well, I got to say in 2001, when this came out, that's exactly the kind of music that I liked. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know a lot of the, a lot of music. Um, yeah. So it's like, oh, this is the stuff on the classic rock station. Yeah. Um, and I actually watched it, watched the movie with my partner and she had a really great um, view of it. She was like, oh, well, the, they use this more modern music because we're familiar with the feeling of that music and what that music means but we wouldn't be familiar with like medieval music and how that would make people feel so they're using this anachronistic music to make us feel what the characters are feeling in a way that we couldn't without that kind of stepping stone right even the you know we will rock you i feel like that's a song that always connects to this and then also to the, the tenth kingdom 
Yes. And <laughs> yeah, yes. I know. Those are the two things that always pop in my, in my mind when I hear the when I hear that song. I love Tenth Kingdom. I just watched it like last year, so it's it's funny that you brought that up. But they did use that song in ex- like pretty much exactly the same way they used yes. "We Will Rock You." Tenth Kingdom. That is a childhood favorite of mine as well. And and even like in Golden Years, that's also another like when mm-hmm. I hear that, I'm like, oh yeah, the dance sequence. <laughs> I love that you guys have all these references and the only thing that comes to mind when I think of We Will Rock You what, uh, is uh, the old Super Bowl commercial with Britney Spears, Pink, and uh, Beyonce where they're like gladiators. Listen, I my, my references are very specific, but... <laughs> I will also say that a lot the a lot of the fact that they mix the rock and roll music with kind of like, you know, the medieval visuals, right? Makes it weirdly makes me think of Shrek. Did anybody else get this? That is a good comparison. That was exact. I was like, wow, it's just live action Shrek. And Heath Ledger doesn't look like an ogre. So there's that. Uh, yeah, Heath Ledger is, it, it, it's nice to see him in this. And I think this was his first leading role. You know, and then after this, obviously, you know, he went on to do, you know, Brokeback Mountain, you know, The Dark Knight, 10 Things I Hate About You. It's a shame that he was taken away from us so early. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things about watching this is that it's overall, you know, like a hopeful, happy movie. And it's just really nice to see Heath Ledger doing something happy, especially when he's like later in his career, he's more well known for these like, very dark roles or you know Brokeback Mountain is very sad uh of course in the dark night you know that role is so is so dark and and you know just oh it's so good to see him smiling in a role yeah he has a great smile I I do love I love early career Heath Ledger because it was very much like romance um, you know, you have Casanova, you have 10 Things I Hate About You, you have like th- these, the just seeing him be a little charming boy is very, it's very fun. <laughs> yes, I know it's great to see him. And and and, and then as for, as for Kate, it's, it's nice to see her as well. She's played by Laura Fraser and she's in the movie and as a, as a blacksmith who they hired to uh, forge armor for the world. And it's nice to see her be in part of the friend group. And I was like, wait, there's not even she's not even getting tangled up in any in any romances. She's just part of the of the, of the companion. Yeah, the yeah, I love and that. Literally, dream come true. When I was watching their little friend group, um, you know, because at first they're just they're training Will up to be better at jousting. So it's just you know, the three of them, and then uh, Jeffrey Chaucer comes in, and then Kate comes in, and I'm just like, oh, to be part of a little medieval friend group a ragtag group of (laughs) like a found family exactly and they're all just like teasing each other and I thought it was really cute and would I want to be friends with them yes also just love her in general just being this badass uh you know blacksmith who when they first meet her she's like oh well did they tell you I was a woman because she like she is very good but obviously you can tell she has these hangups with the people that like live there, not wanting to give her work. And then when she creates this armor for Will, that's like thinner, but still as strong, like she's a pioneer. She's a like genius blacksmith person. So it's like, she can hold her own 
better than some of the guys in the group. Yeah, and I really appreciate her as well. And this as well. Again, just nice to see that. I thought, I, yeah, I, there's a, 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 a nice, you know, amiability between everyone in this and Kate fits right into that. I also, I, I learned that, so, so, so Nike Swish, that is a symbol that she ends up yeah. marking on the new Sin Armor. That was, it was supposed to be Nike. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, hmm, I wonder how much Nike paid them to be able to do this. I like, think it was <laughs> the other way around. I think I read that they had to like get approval from Nike to do that. But I mean, Wait, then it's free it's advertising. Still, it is free advertising, really? but it's kind of almost like, you know, it's just like, hey, we thought of this funny idea, but we need to get the approval. Like it wasn't that Nike was like, we need product placement. They were, they yeah. had done it and then had to get the approval from Nike to use it. Oh, yep. It, it, they did. It, they did. Yep. They had yeah. approval. And I think one of the, oh, apparently one of the executives also pointed out that I think the, the head of the company at, at the time was Phil Knight. As in oh, K-N. yeah, K-N. Whoa, nice. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's and... just crazy. And I, I just love that. I love that scene too. Cause they, you could tell they all don't trust her and she's like, well, what's, are you, she said, I, I love that line. Cause she's like, well, are you brave enough to try it out? Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause all he's doing is complaining about it. He's like, there's no way I'll get hurt. She's like, yeah. well, if you're brave enough, <laughs> you'll try it out. And then they just hit him with that huge, like, what I don't even know what that thing is. The big log oh, like, of wood. The, the ba- it's like a battering ram. Oh, it's yeah. like a battering ram. Yeah. And, the, and he's just like, yep, it works. Yes. Love it. And then obviously Will enters a whole bunch of tenements and we've got stuff like him him running into Thomas Colville or who was actually, we find out, is Black Fence, Prince Edward. There's one match where everyone is encouraging Will to not, to not, to not go forth with the match, to withdraw. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, no, I want to give him a challenge. I'm going to go forth with this. Yeah. And a part, of my, a part of my mind does just go, well, wait, what if you kill him, though? <laughs> you know, that was something that I thought of as well, because, you know, they established that only knights and noble people or noblemen could compete in this very dangerous sport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, wouldn't you think, like, you, you think back to, like, ancient Rome, right? They would have... Like peasants compete in these gladiator, like, you know, right. Because they didn't care if those people died because they, they didn't have money or family or land or whatever. So I was like, it's just so interesting to see that only noble people could compete in these um, tournaments so far up as to be a prince competing, Mm -hmm. you know, could potentially die or get really hurt. I actually really liked um will's decision here because he had okay so he had jousted against um this guy colville before not Mm -hmm. knowing that it was prince edward and he did he colville was like hey i'm done but i want to keep my honor so will allowed him to just to kind of withdraw like they didn't hit each other again he will was very honorable in that moment um so later when he comes and is sees that people are withdrawing because they know it's it's Prince Edward. He's like, no, I mean, I've jousted against him before. I'm not responsible for his life. He's responsible for his life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was like, they're both there. Will understood he's in disguise. 
Prince Edward's in, Edward was in disguise. And I feel like Will really respected Prince Edward's decision to enter this tournament. Like he was deciding to enter the tournament despite the risk to his life. So that risk right. is no longer on Will's, uh, it's not Will's burden to bear, it's Prince Edward's. And I thought it was very respectful for Will to, to keep that. And obviously Prince Edward agreed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and then it worked out for him later. It yes. That's yes. why you should always do the honorable and kind thing. Cause you never know when there's a prince in disguise, who's going to who give you something later, who will knight you in front of everyone. Exactly. Yes. yes yeah. And I think yeah, that was the whole point of the movie. Like, like you were saying, Shelby is, uh, you know, this is meant to be the honorable decision, you know, and, and, and the tournament, you know, you, because I, you know, obviously the Prince Edward, he wants that challenge, you know, he wants, he, he wants to be able to, uh, over, you know, accomplish this, you know, tack, tack another flag to the wall. There's also Jocelyn asking Will to lose the match for her and be able uh, to, to prove his love for her. I and he does. A, what a sweet boy. <laughs> a, 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 class, a, class, a very classic, like, you know, uh, romance trope. Yeah. But Jocelyn totally had a point when she was like, you're you don't need a win for me like you want to win for yourself anyone yeah. who's who's winning this tournament they're not doing it for her they get all the glory from that so she's like lose if you really love me then lose because yeah. you're getting nothing out of that so it's actually for me i think especially because they're all, they're all of the combatants who are claiming they want to win for her right right yes yeah and... there's there's no honor in winning just kidding there is honor in winning but lose you know you want you want the real prize aka jocelyn you gotta take multiple hits it honestly looks so painful when his arm was in that like doohickey thing oh yeah and, and yeah when he when he's got uh, the lance oh I'm, I'm sorry no no when he oh when he when you talk about when he was in that when his arm was in that contraption i think because right, he I like remember. dislocated his shoulder i want to yeah. assume that that's what that was for to like pop a shoulder that. back into place I'm a devil way. I'm a devil way to repair injuries, you know. <laughs> I hated that. I hated it a lot. <laughs> I know. I was just I was just thinking, like, man, this is kind of like jigsaw light kind of trap. Yeah. You know? yes. That's where he got it. He got it from this movie. <laughs> and yeah, at first I was actually thinking of when he at the end when Will has to have the, the lance last yeah. Oh arm, yeah. Which also isn't comfortable either. And it's like also, but he takes off he takes off all his armor because I guess mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's too heavy, I'm too tired. But also, you will die. Like actually any die. chances you have of surviving this with the armor on will just plummet without the yeah. armor. He just he had to risk it all to win it all. Yeah. yeah. Big risk, big reward, as they say. <laughs> and I also I, I, I love how how Watt is always just like, I will fong you. Yes. I don't know what that was about. Like he just every any kind of like curse word, he just replaced it with thong. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm I not actually don't know either. I should have I should have looked it up. <laughs> oh, attitude like, he is wonderful in this too. And it's funny now that he's doing he's doing a whole bunch of voices for like the Disney movies and mm-hmm. including including that chicken and Moana. Which I yes. just recently we, we watched, and I was just like, man, he's the he's the silly little chicken in this movie. You uh, know, he 
I'm glad I'm very happy for Alan Tudyk's career. Like I think he he can get a role, a voice role whenever he wants. He's an incredible actor. Like if you've seen him in the show Dollhouse, like he puts everyone else in that show to shame because he's playing like a character who is like multiple people mm-hmm. and and he just pulls it off so well. I'm always impressed when I see Alan Tudyk. So so even in this, it's just like he's fully transformed into this comic relief role. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's really yeah. Good. I know. Even even like a feature, a show that I that I love. You know, he actually is in one of the episodes. So it's funny to see him in that as well. That's funny. Yeah, he has one of my favorite lines in the whole movie, or at least one of my lines that I remembered before it actually happened, where he just goes. It's called a lance. Hello. <laughs> that line. I don't like, I remembered that line when the movie started. I was like, that happens in this movie at some point. Yes. So you know what? If you can have me remember something like that, you're doing a good job. Yes. And even when he's like, I will turn you, what was it? I will turn your outsides in or and your ins and your insides out. And your entails and the exhales. Yeah. You're saying this to Jeffrey Chaucer. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and, and then also Chaucer, she also says, you want to touch him? Do you want to touch him? She shouts oh, that yeah. as well. <laughs> so uh, many good lines. So many good line deliveries by a lot of the a lot of the cast members. Um, yes, yeah, because yeah. even... Jocelyn has that line where she's she says something about uh you know better a girl with a flower oh what is she oh crap I, I don't know why I'm trying to quote this line because now I don't even remember how it goes but like boys yeah, I'm not sure. then boys uh on horses with sticks or something like that yeah I don't know. And then, yeah and like that's, that. that's when uh Alan Tudyk's like that's when Alan Tudyk has that line exactly precisely <laughs> I also love when oh, later, so when um, uh, uh, she's tell when she's asking Will to lose for her, um, in they're in <clears throat> Notre Dame, like they're in the mm-hmm. the building, and they're they start getting louder, and like uh, some guy comes up to her to like shush her, and she's like like you know how why are you shushing me but letting him be like what oh yes oh, yes yeah. and, and cathedral i remember this now yep, yeah yeah and i don't actually i actually like that scene when the camera is just panning along to cathedral and following them as mm-hmm. they're talking i actually like that scene a lot just the way it's shot yeah yeah and i actually did appreciate that and now what, what do you think about so uh, when Will goes to Sheepside to reunite with his with his father, who is he's a satcher and he's blind now, and he gets mm. reunited. What do you think about this? Because I did, I, I personally actually kind of felt like it was a little extraneous. But I wonder what you thought about this. I I was like, oh, this is the heart of the movie. <laughs> like I I the re them reuniting. I don't know if it was because the actor who played his dad did such a like a good job, but I just the dad was very good. I felt it like when he came back and was like, you know, your your son changed his stars, and the and the, the his dad was just so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it it made my it warmed my heart really. So I I wouldn't remove that from the movie, um, especially because then it's the the impetus for you know 
uh, Adamar sees this and right, to realizes what's out. going on and gets him kicked out. Yeah. Um, right. But I did. I thought it was really beautiful because at that point we find out why Will is so motivated to to try to live this life bigger than just having enough money for food like his right. friends are. Um, and it's based on, you know, stuff his dad told him when he was a kid. So I, yeah. I really I was very touched by that moment. It is a very beautiful moment. Interesting. Uh, I, I, I guess for me, I would say that I, 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 I personally knew I was supposed to mostly connect to this, but I felt like, I, I don't know, just maybe something about the way that it was built up to this point. And maybe because also because this movie is again like two hours and I felt like yeah. maybe this wasn't, it, it, for me, it wasn't uh, progressing to this point with as much support as I would have liked to have seen. And maybe that's why I felt like, like you know, yeah. I, I've seen, you know, family reunions that are more emotional for me. Like maybe like, you know, Interstellar is more emotional mm-hmm. when it gets to the family, the family crap. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 can, I can see your point. I did like the actor though. He, he played, uh, he played he the was... dad. I liked him a lot. Yeah, I think they could have probably peppered this a little more in the beginning of the movie maybe that would have helped i feel like because you know, I, yeah i feel like aside from aside from a couple flashbacks like when will is up there on the stocks no and then there's an, another flashback with when the father is dropping world off with the actor and i guess that's two flashbacks which again i feel like i guess maybe two flashbacks could be enough but then again it's also a two-hour movie i feel like if the movie was an hour and a half then maybe two flashbacks could be enough Right. But maybe it was going to be two hours, sprinkled another flashback in. But then, wait, I'm supposed to cut down the movie a little? <laughs> yeah. I think that, like, I really liked... Uh, honestly, my favorite part of the movie is everything that happens as soon as they get to London. So, like, the, as soon as, you know, they're all talking in the boat, they're like, oh, how long has it been for you? How long has it been for you? Um, and that's where you get the first flashback for Will, or second flashback sorry second flashback i think it was the second flashback because yeah wait, get- I, I remember i remember the boat transition right yeah so you get that moment and it's like all of a sudden those are will's stakes i do think shelby's right in the sense that this is the heart of why will is motivated to do what he is so it is the heart of what's going on but it just waits so long to get there yeah um so they definitely could have cut bits down like bit there was a lot of bits in the first half that's it yeah condense condense all of that and then really focus on that the reason that will is doing what he's doing yeah Um, the emotional threads. yeah because even when he's talking to the little girl uh in cheapside and he's like oh have you heard of this this tall he was as tall as a knight or whatever and she's like oh yeah he still lives there and you know you see that moment on will's face and he's just like what he he's he does like what's going on he finds out he's blind and then he and it's just it's so like it touches your heart so so like effectively that I just kind of wish there was more leading up to that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Again, it forced it a little more. Yeah. And yeah. And then and as we were saying, was uh, Adam ends up spying on him and seeing him sneaking out of the house. So then he tattles, and now everyone knows the world is actually not noble, and he gets his friends encourage him to flee. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He wants to stay, and he gets uh, put in the stocks. And I, I, again, again, Watt is just like, "I will fong you." He says it to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And but 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 uh, so, so the black prince is able to save him, 
and he and he's like, hey, no, this guy is actually noble. He comes from an ancient lineage. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do kind of favor. And you can't tell the prince no. So if the, if the prince says if the prince says it's an ancient lineage, then it's an ancient lineage. Exactly. I mean, that's it's funny because in the beginning when they're deciding to Will's deciding to pretend to be noble, uh, he's like, how did anyone become a noble? They, they you know, they reached down, they took these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, they made it all up. It's all <laughs> the whole <laughs> structure of society is completely made up, yeah. you know, bloodlines, who cares? All any meaning assigned to nobility is completely made up. So why mm-hmm. not just have him make up an ancient lineage? Yeah. Why not? Yes. And I, I also want to say that, uh, so Christina, that is uh, Kate's assistant, or, uh, not Kate, Jocelyn's assistant. She was played by Veronese uh, Bejo, who was also, she starred in Artist. Yeah. And- oh, okay. Yep. I, I saw her and I was like, oh my gosh, she is so cute. <laughs> she is so cute. And I, I wish she had more lines because I really liked her. I feel like I she I... was the most medieval character. Yeah. <laughs> like she actually looked like a lady's maid or whatever. It was just yeah. like, yeah. yeah, she's actually she's actually pretty charismatic too. And yeah. and what and what's pretty a pretty minor role. Yeah. But... She says a lot without saying anything. Like her her facial expressions are very, very like specific mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes and and so, and so now well it's gonna go back into the tournament and i love that wait i forgot was it was it uh was it Chaucer who said this or was it a different herald who was like my lords my ladies and all you other people i feel like i should <laughs> be able to remember this do you, do you remember i think it was chaucer okay i'm pretty sure Okay, because I know the other heralds as well, but I was yeah. like, wait, is this Chaucer or is it the other heralds? No. And, and, and also, one of the other heralds in the middle of the movie, I don't know if you remember him, but for me, he looks like a, he looks like a gawky Benedict Cumberbatch. Can you remember <laughs> this herald? <laughs> I don't. The, facial, like a... <laughs> the facial features. I, do I don't rem- remember. Okay, so I think I remember a Harold who had a very strange face that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> and sometimes Benedict Cumberbatch's face makes me uncomfortable. So maybe yeah. that's the guy. <laughs> it's possible. Yeah, but yeah, I just wanted to point that out. And again, so now, <laughs> we're, now we're in the final tournament and Count Adamar, he crushes the fist on his lance to expose the pointed end. And I'm just like, well, why wasn't the fist removable in the first place? Right? Yeah. I thought it was just the is this something Like, is this something you do often, or is this just your first time? Because I'm like, wait, I, I find it very hard to believe that you've never tried this before. I think he just, he just, all, all of his lances have a hidden point underneath because he knows he's going to want to stab somebody at some point because Adamar is just that kind of guy. Yeah. <gasps> They make and... them for him like that. They're right. like, oh, he's definitely gonna want that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Just take my opponent's lands and the spirit to my opponents. Yeah, I happens. did read. This happens oh, well, gonna... unfortunately. Oh, oh yeah. no, sorry. I was just gonna say that I did read that uh, the lances they spent so much time and energy making them like 
explodable without actually yep. hurting yeah. the stunt Squ- people. Squawing them. Yeah, they put ha- lingui- dry linguine noodles in the in Following the hollow bit. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, and also pasta chips. But the linguine, I'm just like, yeah, that's more notable. And now yeah. when, I, when, when I was watching the movie, I'm like, okay, I can actually see the linguine and the yeah. pasta chips flying out. But yep. It's to make it safe. It's to make it safe for the for all of the stunt people who are doing yeah. this, and they, they were actually thinking of doing this with just CGI and some fancy oh. cinematography. But they tried it, and, and they were like, "Well, wait, we actually can't achieve this with the CGI. We have to make this look. We have to make this real." Mm-hmm. So that's when they put into work into doing the you know the you know the physical effects of it all, yeah. which is something I appreciate as someone who is has who's watched tons of modern cinema and, and and seen tons of like you know cgi loaded mcu movies and it's nice to watch something like this or even something like you know a good christopher nolan movie and i just rewatched tenet and i'm just like man that 747 crashed into the freeport for real <laughs> yeah practical effects are always really Love delightful them. to watch yeah, well, yeah. like the hallway scene i think that's always a favorite scene of mine and in inception just the cog mm-hmm. oh yeah fight. yeah and... it's so cool and yeah it's just it's really funny to see like I, I always just think of films and how creative people uh, tend to make things so even just like uh, I read that the hooves of the horse right were just made with coconut shells like in someone's basement right and that's like foley art right like being a foley artist is a, a real job that people do and they use things to sound like things that are not the things <laughs> like, like 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 cutting like cutting fruits and vegetables right but just, it's it's something like completely separate it's like not even water. the same right it's not even the thing you think it would be you know uh so to see that they work so hard on creating these like special hollowed out lances and use something like linguine noodles which is funny to say it's like haha they use dry linguine but when you see it, it's like, oh, yeah, it looks like shattered wood. Of course they would. Like, why wouldn't they use dry mm, pasta? Yes. yes. Or even like animal noises. That's always popular. I think even with, with a twister, I think, with a tornado, they used a camel, if I recall correctly. Like they took a camel. A, a oh, camel's, really? Like a camel's noise? Yep. And then slowed, and then slowed it down. Right, to the sound right. Of the tornado, if I recall yeah. correctly. Who, who comes up with this stuff? Dude, pe- this is people's <laughs> livelihood it's their full job which is crazy i love it the magic of movies and that's that's why we're here folks that is (laughs) yes and then and then so now part of adamar's lance has impaled well on the first go and he and adamar hits him on the second round too and oh just like even watching them have to pull the part of the lance out of them that's brutal and then uh, and then well, it has to have his lance, uh, his arm removed, and uh, he acts want to lash the lance to his right arm. Again, still very risky. And oh yeah, and then I love when when Jeffy when, when Jeffy Shaw so he shouts out his misintroductions before the third round. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, so I, wait, I have my notes saying he shouts out his misintroductions. So wait, so that wasn't him when he was saying my lords, my ladies, and all the other people because he missed it. I remember now he he didn't introduce well in the beginning of the, of the match. Okay, right. so that wasn't him. He inv- introduced him before the third run. Right. Got it. That's right. Got I've got, it. yeah, Jeff, Jeff shouts out his misintroductions. That's what I have in the notes here. I remember that now. I yeah. loved how the, so like the three, the third run, we know now that like in order for Will to win, he has to knock, um, 
Adamar off, 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 off his horse, horse yep. or kill him. Or, or <laughs> kill him. But, but we know that because in the very beginning when he's riding for Sir Ector, we know that uh, the only way for him to lose is if he gets knocked off the horse because mm-hmm. he's yes. up by two to nothing. So it's yes. I like how they brought that back around and yes. made it very clear how Watch jousting works. Yeah. Right? Because, like, otherwise, you'd be like, I don't know how jousting works. Yeah. yeah I just listen to what the character, characters yeah. tell me. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's you got to knock him off. I'm like, okay, I believe you. That's what the rules are. <laughs> yeah, it's so amazing. I mean, man, they, jousting was a real thing, and it's so dangerous. And mm-hmm. I think they actually did bring in also someone, like, who, like, uh, someone who actually does jousting, I think, from Las Vegas. From, oh, wow. They, 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 brought, they brought that person in for the movie. Interesting. That's good. I I paused this movie halfway through and spent quite a while looking at the jousting Wikipedia article and related articles because I'm like, how did this come to be? But it's like it's like it was a sport uh, based on like a military action of heavy Hmm. cavalry cavalry charges. Because before we before people had like guns and stuff, they'd have to ride into battle on a horse with a big heavy stick or axe or something. Or spear, or yeah, something yeah, exactly. Like was. Yeah, interesting. And 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 then obviously and then obviously Will does end up knocking Adamar off his horse. Yeah, and he does. Back and, and then he he's had to say, you know, you you have been weighed, you have been measured, and you haven't found wanting. And yeah. he has this thrown back at him during the imaginary moment when all the world spreads around him. And I think, and, and then they're like, "Welcome to the new world," because now mm-hmm. you've been defeated. You're not on top of the you're not on top of the rankings anymore. Mm-hmm. I love uh, it. Yes. I was confused at first. I was like, how is this happening? Why is he floating off the ground? And then I'm like, oh, he was imagining that. Yeah. (laughs) It was in his head, obviously. It all makes sense now. Yeah. And then Will and Jocelyn, they passionately kiss. And everyone's celebrating. And Jeff... Jeff mentions wanting to write this down. And he, he says, like, maybe, maybe, maybe not watch part. And they have, I, I actually like the rivalry between uh, Chaucer and Watts. I found yeah. that amusing. Yeah. Yeah, because they're so different. I mean, you've got Chaucer, is a, he's a writer. He's an intellectual. He knows all these things. And Watt is just, he just wants to eat food and fight people. Like, that's, yeah. like, all he's into. Yes, and yeah. I love how I love how this event also takes place during I think the missing year of of Chaucer's life, and right, and, and how like this this is this is meant to be the the night tale, the first tale in his you know Can- Canterbury Canterbury tale. Right, I was like, wondering <laughs> about that because I thought it was so funny to think of like what if Jeffrey Chaucer watched this movie and he was like, <laughs> "That's not what I was doing. I was just like." <laughs> writing like just yeah. hanging out it's, just it's hanging like out. Yeah, well, yeah like kind of kind of like a au fan fiction exactly yeah i love like historical fan fiction something like the other bolin girl right it's like we yep. don't like we know historically what happened during that time period with anne boleyn and king henry VIII, but like to add these saucy little elements to like fill out the story and make it more like real it's yeah. just fun why wouldn't you do that Yes, yeah, and yeah, even like a there's other there's, there's other properties that also take this anachronistic tone. Like I think uh, Dickinson on Apple TV Plus and also kind of has that even oh, yeah. the music, the music or uh, Emma. I think uh, yeah, Emma was uh, 
Anya Taylor Joy, mm-hmm. she's also an agnostic. If I believe I haven't seen it, I haven't seen it, but I think that's, that's what I've heard about the movie. Right. But, but you even think of something like Bridgerton, right? Like it's supposed to Bridgerton, take yep. place in like a Regency era, but then you've got like Ariana Grande songs playing on <laughs> violins in the background. And you're like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I always get I always get it mixed up. Is it Regency or Victorian for Bridgerton? I thought it was Regency. I'm not, I can, I'm not I mean, sure. I, I, I mean, I've been, I've been reading the books, but I, I'm like, wait, I, I I always get the two mixed up. I honestly, I could, I say them interchangeably at this point. <laughs> so they're Dude. in corsets and poofy dresses. It's, it, it's all the same time period. And yeah, <laughs> we are not history experts. <laughs> I'm not a historian at all. <laughs> yeah, season two is coming out on Netflix. I've been, I've been hearing so much talk about that on the internet. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> We love a romance, don't we, Shelby? <laughs> yes, that's true. Obviously. <laughs> and and then we and then yeah, and then we got we go back to Bone and Jocelyn kissing, and then we cut to the night sky with the constellation of Orion the Hunter, a callback to Jocelyn calling Well the Hunter. Right. right. I, that's that's where I interpreted it. I think yeah. Yeah, Orion the Hunter. And and then that's the movie. It's got fairly short, it's got fairly short credits. And then it has, comp- an, uh, it has like an after credit scene. Does it really? Oh my God, I, I didn't stay that long. Oh, you, you need to watch it. So yeah, so so first, the credits are really short, especially when compared to like, oh my gosh, a movie now is like 10 minutes yeah, credits. Yeah. And then afterwards, there's a post-credit scene, a singer before singers were sing, where Watt and Roland and uh, Chaucer and Kate, they're all gathered around and they're having this fighting competition. They have a farting competition. What? And yeah. then what? And then Watt loses because he has a very tiny fart, and they're yeah. like, "You lose." And even as it's subtitled, it's very, it reads "peeping fart." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious! I did not. I didn't know. Th- I never knew that existed. I've seen this movie at least ten times in my lifespan, and I did not know there was a post-credit scene. I mean, now I gotta go back. Gotta watch it, and I know it's like. I know uh, typically I'm not into like farting or poop or pee jokes, but I feel like in this case, I feel like something about this is a little different. It makes me laugh. Yeah. (laughs) It's the vibe. It's a good vibe. It's it's a friend, you know, and man, again, before Stingers were a thing, before before the MCU comes in and before Star Wars comes in. Yeah, exactly. It's hilarious. And oh, I mean, I know, I know, I, I, I rented this movie, but then I was like, wait, why don't I just buy this? Because I don't know what I have. I got the VCR tape, the videotape for this, mm-hmm. but I don't have this in, in my online library. And I'm just like, wait, why don't I just buy this movie in the first place? It's, yeah. so, it's so fun. It's so enjoyable. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so that's the movie. And that's the movie. Ooh. Yay. We did yeah. it. And I, I will say, I, a few more things I want to say is that apparently this was nominated for three awards at the 2002 MTV Movie Awards. One yes. of them, one of them was for Best Kiss. That was one nomination, but it lost out to American Pie Two. It also was nominated for. <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen that. So I'm like, I don't know what the Best Kiss that is, but it was also Breakthrough Female Performance. That was a nomination for Shannon Sossaman and Best Musical Sequence, and that lost out to uh, Milan Rouge. For best musical sequence. Uh, okay. to be fair though, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and then Mandy Mandy Moore won breakthrough perform- female performance that year for a walk to remember. Oh, of course, that's she also did. deserved. Yeah, Ugh, yeah. so and, good. 
so many good movies came out in 2001 <laughs> what's up yes. with that and oh oh so the pod so i got a trivia so the pod was also told william to uh, tell world to, to prove his love by you know losing it actually apparently is taken directly from uh lancelot and guinevere's uh like a poem of theirs, a 20th century poem of theirs. Oh. And, I, and I'm sorry if I'm butchering this name. Chrétien de Troyes, Lancelot, the Knight of the Cards. That's the 20th poem. Hmm. Well, apparently it's taken from that poem. Huh. Which oh. is interesting to know. Oh, Cressida and Troilus? Is that what it is? Oh, no. And, uh, I'm sorry, wait. Chrétien de Troyes is the poet. And La- Lancelot. Oh, got it. Lancelot. The poem is Lancelot, the Knight of the Cards. Hmm. I'm going to go look it up and read it. Read that poem. <laughs> read and, that poem. Yeah, and, and, and then the music. Yeah, so the director, I think, I forgot if I said this but Brian Helgeland, he wanted the music, like you were saying, Shelby, to uh, summon the feelings of people that people, ha- that people had when they were listening to music back in those olden times. That was his intention. Yeah. yeah. So not familiar with old music. Modern audiences aren't familiar with old music. So like, well, let's give this, you know, rock and roll music, summon up those same vibes for them that everyone was feeling in the audience, you know, in yeah. the, those jousting tournaments. Heath Ledger knocked out one of uh, Helgeland's front teeth with a broomstick. <gasps> one of two were, were doing a jousting move. And it was several months before Helgeland's mouth had healed enough to repair the damage. He says it was the only jousting injury. That has been sustained during the filming. <laughs> wow. With a broomstick, of course. Some of the extras were homeless people from Fog. Wow. <laughs> homeless White- people? Yes. Wow. And Did they, Olivia- they at least they get paid? paid? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I, I mean, I hope so. At least, you know, like whatever extras get paid. I mean, what is it? Maybe $6, $100? I don't know. Yeah. And oh yeah, just Olivia Williams made a brief appearance as uh, Charles's wife, but her scenes were deleted. Oh. And oh. apparently, so apparently, they're on the special edition DVD, which I don't have. I haven't seen them, but yeah, Olivia Williams. It's interesting that she was in the movie, but her scenes were cut. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mark Addy. He was also in the order. It was Heath Ledger and Shannon Sossaman. Oh, interesting. The other, the other Brian Hogland movie. Yeah, he likes to use his people. That's cool. And he just started dating Heather Graham during the making of this movie. Oh my gosh. Shot, shot on adjacent sound stages in Prague to From Hell, which Graham was making at the same time. Wow. Yes. And oh yeah, and also James Purefoy played uh, the Black Prince. Which I feel like I, I, I'm trying to think if, I have, if I've seen him in other stuff, James Purefoy, but don't know. He has one of those faces that looks very familiar. Yes. Uh, all right, so yeah, that is the movie. And wh- wh- any any extra comments you have? On, no, on uh, just I'm I'm glad I I watched it. So thanks again for having us on to yeah. get me to watch this movie because <laughs> I don't I don't know when I would have done it otherwise. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I know. I, I enjoyed it a lot as well. And oof, all right. So again, that is a nice tale. And. Again, you know, listeners, if you haven't seen it yet, you know, and you've been listening to this, I highly recommend watching it. And Sam and Shelby, I'm sure, you know, you'll say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Yes. Ah, all right. And now we move on to Good Word. And that is the segment where we each get to 
I recommend something, anything you want, whether it's a, a book, a movie, a TV show, music, a podcast, etc. So Sam, let's start off with you. What is your good word? Um, I'm just going to recommend something that I just watched recently for the first time that is very, very funny. It's Abbott Elementary. It's on ABC, I believe. Um, it's basically just Parks and Rec, but set it in a Philadelphia public school. And it's absolutely hysterical. The writing is is so good. It was written by uh, Quinna Brunson, who wrote for Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO. Uh, the characters are all hysterical. There's a lot of there's a lot of similarities similarities in the humor to things like Parks and Rec or The Office. Even it's very very fun. Everybody should watch it, in my <laughs> opinion. So watch it. Okay. And as for you, Shelby, what is your good word? Okay, I'm going to recommend um, the book that I've been reading. It's called House of Leaves. It was pretty popular when it came out in 2000. Um, but it's kind of an experimental novel where it's about this house with this big maze in it. But it's also a book within a book. And as the narrative is describing the maze, there are all of these like footnotes and uh, double backs that that turns the narrative it turns like the act of reading the book into a maze itself mm. and I just found it such a delight to read to be like flipping back and forth between all these pages and trying to find like where exactly the story is going next um, I just thought it was a lot of fun it made the reading more interactive and I, I'm in, I'm enjoying it so uh, I recommend that if you're looking for an experimental novel. <laughs> good, good. And okay, and I, I want to say before this, so Phil Knight, I thought he was just a, like a CEO of Nike. He was actually the founder of Nike. Oh, Phil that Knight. That makes sense. Knight. He's a knight. He's a knight. <laughs> and, and, and the movie is also set in 1372. I guess the director himself actually said it was in 1372, even though like there's never explicitly any date set in the movie. Mm. So 1370s. And I think apparently that's why it's supposed to have like the mostly like 70s music because it takes place in the seventh, oh, you know, like 1370s. The 1370s. Cute. 70th century. <laughs> and even when Watt is like, Pain, lots of pain. When I when when Will is in the stocks, yeah. Uh, the lines in this movie. <laughs> and oh, and the training sequence. I, I actually love, love that sequence as well. When when World is training, and yeah. Roland and Watt are helping him. It's a yeah. great. It's a fun, like boy scene. Yeah. <laughs> just boys, just boys we're, hanging out. We're, we're taking care of business, playing yeah. with the scene. Yeah. <sighs> It's so funny. And as for me, uh, my good word is going to be a movie that I saw recently on Hulu called Love and Monsters. It stars <gasps> Dylan O'Brien. Dylan O'Brien is my. Yep, stars Dylan is... O'Brien. Uh, yeah. I know. I've actually never. I've actually never seen him in anything before this. This was, what? This was my first. Okay. Well, aside from aside from that Taylor Swift uh, music video, uh, that, that was like the only thing where I was like, oh yeah, there's Dylan O'Brien. Come on. I never seen, Teen I never Wolf, seen, Maze never seen Runner. No, nope, never seen that. So many things. So this was so this I guess would be the second thing I've seen him in, or like the first movie. But he was actually really shopping in this. I actually really liked him in this movie. Yeah. And I'm like, oh okay, now now this makes sense. Why even popping up in Hollywood for a while? Yeah. But yeah, so for for listeners who don't know, this is in. 
post-apocalyptic action adventure movie where uh, animals on Earth have mutated into these giant uh, creatures, and it follows uh, it follows Joel, who's played by Dylan O'Brien, as he's trying to reunite with his girlfriend. He's going on this long trip, and along the way, he has to face off against beasts, and he picks up a dog, and he meets he he meets Michael Rooker. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and. and this this was a movie where I've heard about people talk about it so much about how much people love this movie, and I'm just like, well, I, I like the trailer is fine, but is it really mm-hmm. that good? And then I watched the movie finally on Hulu, and it's just like, oh wow, this is actually really enjoyable. And not only like it gets it gets the tone right, you know, it's not it's not like a massive blockbuster where it's clear it's just just throwing money at you. Mm-hmm. This is a pretty modest summer blockbuster, which is surprising. But at the same time, I love the creature design, and yeah, and there are also a few points during the movie where. I was like, oh, this is surprisingly clever. Like the, the, the screenplay takes a few, makes a few choices that I wasn't expecting. It subverted my expectations, mm-hmm. and it makes this more, it makes it more of a standout than it would have if the script was just your your typical standard action, you know, adventure blockbuster. And I just, I had, I had a great time watching it, and I, the, the, it, the ending does leave the door open for a possible sequel, which I hope, I, I hope ends up happening. And because I I I I'd love to see more more stories being told in this in this world. So yeah, again, that's my, that's my that's my recommendation. That's my good word. Love and monsters. And all right, and so now, Sam Shelby, uh, let's plug your your podcast. You know, do you have any socials you want to plug? So many socials. Uh, yeah, you guys can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the Rom Complex. Yeah. And if you want to follow us individually, I am at R2Shelby2 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. <laughs> yeah. So check check me out there. And I'm at New Friend Sam on all of those things as well. Yes. Yeah, that's great. And as for my socials, uh, you can find this podcast on uh, Twitter at two underscore sense critic. And you can follow my personal Twitter account at Oscar underscore and 18. If you want to email me, you can do that at email two cents critic at yahoo.com. You can also check out my blog at two cents critic.com. And I'm also on, you can also find me on Goodreads, Good Pods, and Storygraph at Oscar underscore and 18. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on wherever you listen to podcasts, you know, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Good Pods, all the best stuff. And again, Shelby, Sam, I want to thank you for coming on here to talk about A Nice Tale. Yeah, thank you. Thank this you was, so this much. This was so much fun. Yeah. Yes. And until next time, stay healthy and stay strong. <laughs>